Wednesday, March 7th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Charlie Travers, and from Motley Fool Inside Value, Joe Mager. Gentlemen, good to see you. Howdy. We are not talking about Apple's big event today. So, for our listeners, yeah, exactly. (laughs) For our dozens of listeners, if you were hoping for that, we're actually taping this before Apple's big event. So, we are not going to be talking about iPad 3 or whatever else is coming out. Um, But on the flip side, We've got Netflix talking to cable companies. We're going to dip into the full mailbag. We're going to start with Pandora. Shares of Pandora down more than 20% this morning after the company's latest earnings. Charlie Travers, I'll start with you. What happened? I don't know. I, I love Pandora. I use it all the time. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you pay Pandora to use it? Well, all the I time? think that's the problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> so their market share doubled, their revenue doubled, but the problem is this business doesn't make any money. And when you're a new IPO company, sooner or later, you got to put up or shut up, and they're getting pounded. They also came out and said, not only did we not make money last quarter, we, were not, <laughs> we right. weren't profitable last quarter, we're not going to be profitable for another year or so. Joe, how much longer is Wall Street and, and their business partners and investors, like that seems like a long time to wait for profitability. I'd say they were willing to wait about negative four hours, <laughs> uh, judging by how the stock's been killed. But it came into the day selling at about 10 times sales. This is what happens when you sell for 10 times sales. The NASDAQ 100 is selling for 2.3 times sales. When you have that kind of valuation, you have to deliver great results, and they just didn't do that. I want to get into the competitive landscape in a minute, but Charlie, just one thing. Uh, Joe Kennedy, the CEO of Pandora, one of the things he put out there, as I'm assuming as something of a silver lining, is their mobile ad revenue, which has increased to the point where Kennedy said, look, we're now second to Google uh, to Google in terms of mobile ad revenue. Um, How much is that going to matter in the long run? Well, the uh, trend is moving towards mobile for them, and it has to pick up. It it used to be desktop was the way people used their Pandora, but now it's all on tablets and uh, mobile phones. It's going to increasingly switch in that direction. The challenge there is that mobile ad rates are nowhere near what they get on the desktop because the ads don't perform as well. Uh, And so that has to pick up over time. And if they can, to to be fair and to their credit, if over the next two or three years those rates uh, do start to merge, that is a big positive catalyst that could be there. Uh, but it, you know, to this point, it hasn't come through. Uh, Pandora is really trying to get into automobiles, and certainly we've seen, we've talked before about automobiles becoming internet enabled, uh, and that being sort of a mainstream everyday. You know, every car rolling off the line. Can you get a virus in your car then? Uh, let's not go there nope. just yet. Let's, 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 let's save that for another podcast. Um, but that brings me to the other options inside the car. Yep. And, and certainly SiriusXM, it's not exactly apples and oranges because with SiriusXM, there's so much more programming available. I mean, Pandora is just music, whereas SiriusXM, you've got sports, you've got talk programming. Yep. Um, I guess my question is um, – how much longer is it going to take? Because when you look at, I was I was on the SiriusXM website and the Pandora website before we were taping today. SiriusXM is just in so many cars. You look at Ford, GM, Toyota, Harley Davidson. Even you know there are Harley Davidson models that that come with with SiriusXM. Pandora. It's a really small list, and it seems like Joe. Back to what uh, we were saying before. You know, they got to get into. Is there a way that they can get into cars more quickly, or is it just they're sort of at the whim of the automakers? 
Yeah, well, I think they're going to try and strike deals, but they're obviously late to the game. Sirius XM pretty well beat them to the punch. And, you know, I just remember that not only they, they're not just competing with the Sirius XMs of the world, they're competing with free radio right. and cars. And not just that, but if you're piping this through your 3G device, your iPhone, your Android phone, remember, you've probably also got music on there, too. So you're competing against the music libraries that these people have in their cars, which are commercial free, by the way. That's tough competition. So if you are Pandora and you have the proverbial magic wand to wave, you get to get rid of one, com- uh, one competitor. Is it automatically SiriusXM or is it, is it someone else? What do you think, Charlie? I, I would say more like a service like Spotify where you pay a small monthly yeah. fee to get to listen to whatever you want when you want. Uh, and I don't think Pandora and SiriusXM are necessarily mutually exclusive. Sure. Uh, you know, there's sometimes you want to listen to the radio and sometimes you want to use the Pandora discovery engine to find new stuff. Uh, so I think that is their key strength and they should play from it. Joe, what do you think? What I think you- they've, yeah, well, I would agree. Spotify is a big risk. I think Apple obviously kind of is the overarching overlord of operating systems <laughs> on mobile is, is a big threat there too. But ultimately, this is a good product that Pandora has. It's just not necessarily a great business, but it could turn into one if they're able to stay afloat for a long time and they don't get chopped at the knees by the likes of a Spotify. Reuters is reporting that Netflix CEO Reed Hastings has been meeting with cable companies to discuss adding Netflix to their cable offerings. Netflix could become another on-demand option for cable subscribers through their set-top boxes. Um, Joe, this is kind of a 180 for Netflix and, yeah. and uh, the, the old saying about um, politics making strange bedfellows seems to apply here. What, what do you think of this story? I think it's a good short-term move, but I'm not so sure about the long-term here. One, if they buddy up with these guys, they're going to have to share some of the profit pie on this, so they're not going to get to keep the same amount of money if they partner up with Comcast, for example, than if they were just piping directly to me, which they are uh, online. Second thing, I'm not sure that they really want to position themselves as just another cable company. I think the cable or another another, uh, channel provider, I don't know that necessarily there's a lot to to compete with there. I know they have a very good offering of old TV shows, and I subscribe to Netflix, but especially after they lost the Stars deal, you know, it's not HBO caliber quality in terms of new films. And the more people associate them as just, you know, another channel on their cable I think that's a less exciting option. And, and of course, you'd probably have people jump ship from paying $7.99 a month or whatever they're offering through cable. Charlie, what do you think is the motivation here for uh, – I'm a Comcast subscriber, and they have movies on demand that I take advantage of now and then. Um, what's the motivation for any cable company to, to make this deal with Netflix? Uh, to keep people like me from cutting cable packages altogether and using just uh, over-the-top services like Hulu Plus and Vudu and Netflix, uh, they'd like to get us back. And if we can come back through a cable package and get these services tacked on for free or $2 a month instead of seven ninety nine a month, uh, I think that's what Comcast is, or Verizon or whoever would be looking to do by striking such a deal with Netflix. Do you think that one side needs the other more than the other? Do you think Netflix needs a deal like this more than a cable company would? Or do you think cable companies are eager to sort of in some small way, lock up Netflix in a partnership deal? Well, in the short term, Netflix needs cash, and cable companies have a lot of it. So in this sense, it 
does, I, I can see the Reed Hastings perspective of just wanting to at least chat up what the economics of a partnership might look like because content costs are soaring for Netflix and that's going to be the real issue and has been with the stock for you know the past year and for the next few years. And if they can come up with a way to, to monetize the product more and get some more dollars in the door today to help them get over that funding gap, then that's pretty valuable. But it also puts the you know uniqueness and potential to disrupt the industry kind of on the back burner. So HBO Go has come out, and even with the popularity of that service, the partnerships with the cable companies is so lucrative for HBO that they are not going to risk stepping away and being out on their own like Netflix is now. Uh, so I do think Netflix pairing up with the cable companies could be lucrative enough to make it interesting for them. Uh, our colleague uh, Rick Minaris, uh, one of the Motley Fool analysts, um, uh, wrote this about the potential Netflix deal with a cable provider, uh, and I'm quoting here, Netflix is more evolutionary than revolutionary. It's more friend than foe, and deep down inside, cable and satellite players know that the two companies that can ultimately kill them are Apple and Google. You guys agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I think that Netflix is obviously a risk, but Google and Apple have the eyeballs, the deep pockets, and the contact connections to make this happen. They're both going after the set-top box, and they're trying to disintermediate cable at that point. And they're also you know, pretty ingrained with consumers on the content side. Google with YouTube and Apple through iTunes and the big, you know, ecosystem of content that we've all bought into over the years. And I think they both represent the biggest potential game changers in the space. Uh, It doesn't mean they'll necessarily do it. It would take a lot to disrupt cable as we know it, but they are the ones who could most impact. Well, they do control the pipes after all, and they've certainly shown a willingness to throttle the bandwidth of the heavy video users. Yeah. Well, Google's, you know, testing, building its own bias, <laughs> yeah. too. So, um, We were talking earlier about uh, creating original content. Another story online today is uh, this story that Amazon may be getting into original programming. Um, uh, and I love how this story came about because Joe Lewis, who is a new executive at Amazon, apparently on his LinkedIn profile, uh, for a few hours anyway, uh, changed his job title to Vice President of Original Television at Amazon. Yeah. That was changed. I'm guessing someone at, at Amazon saw that and um, said, hey, might might not want to um, yeah. tip our hand on that. But what about that notion? I mean, let's, let's assume that that was not an error, that they are actually going down the road at Amazon of original television programming. It seems yeah. like the sort of thing that they can do. Charlie, should they do it? There's no differentiating. Uh, very little differentiating factors between the content providers right now. If you're a Hulu Plus, Netflix, Amazon's uh, video, uh, the only thing they can do is follow the Netflix path of getting that exclusive content out there for people to pay for. And the other thing I think it does, it introduces a credible threat when they negotiate with studios for content because they can come in and say, look, we'll spend $100 million with you, uh, but if you try and you know, play hardball with us, we'll just make our own stuff. Uh, it kind of has that in their back pocket. Yeah, it has strategic value, but I would like to keep it as tiny as possible. I mean, this is kind of like when Starbucks, you know, helped fund Aquila and the Bee. You're like, what are these guys doing? When you look at what Amazon... That's a natural synergy, coffee and movie making. Come on. Well, I I think the video (laughs) distribution component of Amazon is a pretty secondary part of the business. So it's bad enough that they're really throwing a lot behind that, but then they're also going to throw a lot you know, presumably they're throwing some resources behind producing original content to support this tertiary business that doesn't really make any money for them. I'd rather them just 
focus on what they do extremely well, which is awesome retail, and just keep reinvesting and doubling down on that. Let's wrap up on Netflix, the stock. Uh, obviously, it's been a roller coaster since last summer. It's down from its highs of 300, but it's up from where it was. It's up about 50% year to date. Uh, Charlie, I'll just start with you. Does a Netflix deal with cable companies make the stock more attractive for the average investor? I, I am more interested into it. Uh, they do have a huge subscriber count right now, and I think a partnership with a cable company could really blow that out. Joe, for a value guy like you, what do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. I think it would front load a lot. Of, it would take away a lot of the risk and front load some cash for them in a time where they really need it. Email, actually, not an email. We got we got actual mail here. We, what? Wow. We, we dip into the mailbag now and then. Mail and it's, mail. And it's email. We actually got mail mail. Uh, Zachary Tong in Somerville, Massachusetts. Hey guys, with all the talk of C's candy, I couldn't resist sending you a box of Chillmark chocolates. My girlfriend grew up next door to this chocolate store. It's located on Martha's uh, Martha's Vineyard, and the locals joke it's the only place you'll see famous people waiting in an hour long line. Love the show. Keep up the great work. P.S. My girlfriend is a little jealous that I bought a bunch of guys on the internet a box of chocolate. Hopefully, wow, ho- wow. Hopefully, buy two next time. I was going to say, <laughs> Zachary. I mean, by all means, uh, you know, make it up to your girlfriend some way yeah. with some more chocolate. Joe, do you have any? Uh, I know you're getting ready to walk down the aisle in a few weeks with your fiance. That, yeah, um, I shouldn't be eating. You <laughs> shouldn't be. Eating. Pass the chocolate over to Charlie and. Uh, <laughs> You know, I mean, if, if in fact, uh, Zachary is having a little bit of a, a, a tiff with his girlfriend over this, what's a... What, do the dishes, dude. <laughs> yeah. Do them. Charlie, do you have a go-to move, like if you and your lovely wife are, you know, ever argue, just yeah. a go-to way of making it up to her? Uh, go out to a nice dinner. That's yeah. nice. Flowers. You can't go wrong Take with Take her flowers. to karaoke night. Yeah. She is good at the karaoke. All right, Charlie Travers, Joe Mager. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank Thank you, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We will see you tomorrow.